uh, we've been going through uh, uh, Luke's account of the gospel here. Luke's account of Jesus uh, coming to us, of God, God with us. Um, so if you want to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 1, um, I'm going to be reading from verse 39 through 56, but I'll be focusing on um, verses 46 through 56 when we get there. But as you're turning there, let me just kind of set up today's message. <clears throat> Excuse me. When um, during the Christmas season, one of the traditions that my family enjoys doing is watching Christmas movies. Um, I don't know any of y'all like to watch Christmas movies during this season. Are there any favorites out there? Any? Do y'all have like a tradition you like you watch every year? Any favorites? Go ahead and shout them out. Elf. 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 Christmas story. Wonderful life. Elf. Billy Brown. What's that? White Christmas. Yeah. Rudolph. Yeah. Yeah. Was that the claymation one? With the bumble? Oh no! Forget you. <laughs> There's a lot of lot of great great movies out there, and of course those movies tell a story that 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 really resonates with our hearts. And there's something deeper there, right? And um, you know, one of the classics, of course, is Scrooge. Jane, growing up, one of her the movies her dad and the family liked to watch was um, uh, was it Francis Scott Key's or George C. Scott, Francis Scott Key. Oh, that's 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 the flu speaking. Sorry. It's going to be interesting, people. It's going to be interesting. Just letting you know. So, George C. Scott's Scrooge. Scrooge, epic story, of course. Lots of great stories. And, you know, you imagine, you know, you, the, 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 the heartwarming tales and, and plot and, and, and seeing the, 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 the light and the darkness and the lowly lifted up and and like you get done watching Scrooge and you just think man I just I just feel for Scrooge I think we all need a little bit more bah humbug in our Christmas right you just kind of you feel really empathetic and sympathetic towards towards Scrooge that he had to change um you know off the way he was before Right? Silence. Crickets? No, no, it was a good, right? Well, that's one of the great things. You know, another classic Christmas story, of course, is Die Hard. Um, that's uh, another cl- Christmas classic. And, you know, of course, you watch a movie like that, and you're thinking, man, those terrorists, they got, a sh- got the shaft. They really didn't deserve to die. Man. I'm really sick, aren't I? <laughs> oh, man. You know, we watch these movies, and one of the special things about them is because of the sense of, of justice that, that, that's part of these, these stories. They're, they're part of a greater epic that, that speaks of justice, that, 
that come to us. And, and we have a sense inside of all of us that there is this, this need, the longing for, for justice. And so when we watch these stories, there's some more, it's gratification, it's satisfaction when the villain is thwarted in the, or caught or in some cases killed. But even more when they're changed, like in the case of Scrooge. We have a sense of justice in us. And not only the villains uh, 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 being caught or the, the wrongs being righted, but the, the lowly, those, the victims being, being restored. Victims, those who are overlooked, those who <coughs> have been harmed, those who are poor, to be lifted up. It blesses our hearts. And that's why we go back to these stories over and over. Justice. There's something deep in every single human being that resonates. It's a sign of something greater, so much greater than us. Evidence of an objective morality. And it causes our hearts to warm and even sing. And, in, and we see that here in Mary's case today, experiencing the justice of God, seeing it work itself out in this life stirs our hearts to worship. If you haven't turned there, please do so. I'm going to go ahead and start reading. Um, Luke 1, 39-56. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country, to attack Judah, she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. <clears throat> and when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And as they granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me. For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in the womb leaped, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and as my spirit rejoices. God, my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, now and all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm and has scattered the proud the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the, those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. Join me in prayer, friends. Holy Spirit, we, uh, we, we need you to help us hear your word and 
as we as we hear Mary's cry, her her song here, Lord Jesus. There's so many layers, so much depth. Lord, help us to encounter the God of justice this morning. Help us to see as Mary saw. Help our hearts to be enlarged like hers, Father. Lord, I pray for your strength, for your filling. I am a weak vessel, Lord. Would you speak your truth through me, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. context here as we come to these verses you can go to the next slide for Charlie Luke's gospel opens up with a couple named Elizabeth and Zachariah receiving word they're going to be pregnant they're in their 60s the conception would be natural but it's unlikely because they've never had a child up at this point this child would be a herald this child would be a, 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 a going before, a preparing of the way, a sign. God is working to bring about his king. And then last week we saw Mary, 16-year-old girl, engaged to be married, approached and encounter uh, an angel being told that she's pregnant. She's pregnant already with with a child, and and it's not by her husband, and and how she processes through that and wrestles with this, and 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 the the courageousness with which she receives the the the, the Lord's calling for her, and and her faith. We observed where she says, "Behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Your way, have your way, O oh God." That God is accomplishing that and, 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 and that faith of hers that we see. She, she, she goes to her, her cousin Elizabeth here in these verses. And, and, and her cousin Elizabeth confirms what Mary's heard by the angel. And, 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 she, and she affirms Mary saying, blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment to what was spoken to her. Because it's, it's crazy. A virgin would supernaturally have a child conceived inside of her. It's miraculous. It's never been done before, never will be done. It's never been heard of. Amazing. Mind-blowing. And with great consequence to Mary. But as Mary comes to this place with Elizabeth, and she hears the confirmation, and even Elizabeth's baby confirms John, filled with the Spirit as a baby, confirms God is doing something in Mary. God is doing something profound right now. It all begins to sink into Mary. All of the reality, the King, my Savior, is coming. And he's being formed inside of me. The long-awaited king. The context of this for, for God's people is in a situation of, of, of darkness, 
and oppression for the people of Israel. It's a time and a season where Israel is being ruled by other foreign powers. And they're being tyrannized, oppressed as a nation, as a people group. But even within that nation, Mary's experience is that of being a forgotten one herself. And I'll get back to that. The context in this world, in this time of, of power struggles and, 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 and nations just seeking to, 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 to acquire more and rule and oppress is not something new. And is not something that is merely an ancient idea or concept. We're seeing this played out in our globe in our world right now we see the russian ukraine conflict as russia seeks to has has sought to take over ukraine and and through putin's pride arrogance we see throughout the world dictatorships we see hunger and famine and and those with plenty and want there's a problem within our world that has always existed, will continue to exist. This problem of power and control. And we're addicted as human beings. We, have, we love control. And it's not just merely at a systemic level as institutions and, and, and nations and governments. It's, 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 it's in our hearts. We, we all love control. We love having a sense of self-reliance. We like to self-govern. We prefer to be our own even little nation states, if you will. Our own little sovereign nations. Tread on me. Have you ever had that kind of thought, that language? We have those phrases. It's not just nations. It's not just even political parties at odds seeking uh, to enforce their, their values and their agendas. It's people who make up these problems. It's us. We want self-autonomous rule. We have these, these philosophies and concepts that we promote of trust in the human spirit. We're not truly free until we're free from the absence of restraints. Being truly free is being able to do whatever we want. And that's the goal. Everybody should have the right and ability to do whatever they want. Sounds good from the outside initially, but when you unravel, unravel that and logically unfold that, it becomes impossible and chaotic, destructive. What we want to do is we want to reduce our problems within humanity to therapeutic needs for healing, identity, self-worth. And these are real issues, but these are merely symptoms. They're not the real problem. There's a deeper 
problem that causes these needs for healing. Self-identity and worth. And as a result of how we have shifted things as a society and, 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 and moving towards this place of seeking, I want to be my own king, essentially. I want the right, the freedom to do whatever I want, to be whatever I want. This ultimately isn't in one camp. This is all of humanity everywhere. And there's this power struggle. And our attempts to fix this have not made things better. We have made progress in different ways throughout our world and even in this nation, but we continue to struggle. And justice issues will continue to be a problem because we can't be trusted to be objective, to be consistent, to be just, to be loving. No single person can ever be trusted to be objective, consistent, just, and loving. All of those things. That's not possible, humanly speaking. And as a result, we will always continue to deal with these problems of injustice in this world. Power being used and abused. Neglecting those without. And, 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 and selfishly concerning ourselves with ourselves. And yet there's a longing inside us all for justice. We know that there's this need. Things are not right in our world. Things are not right in our own lives. We definitely know that there needs to be justice when we've been wronged. And we'll claim it. But we have a hard time drawing a line of, the, the, of, of an objective source for this. But the only way that the justice and peace on earth is going to be accomplished is if we have a breaking in of someone who will not be corrupted by power and control, but who will use power and control only for the good of others, only to serve an objective source of morality and truth, consistent and unbiased, selfless. The only way justice will be accomplished is by a breaking in of the divine in which Mary realizes this. All of this becomes clear that what's happening, this one child that that is being made and formed inside of her called Yeshua, the Lord saves, will make everything right. In fact, the very coming to her is a sign of this justice of God. And so she sings. She turns in worship. My soul magnifies the Lord. <coughs> my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. Mary worships the Lord because the justice of God has come to her. But not only that, but she knows that it's not just come to her, it's come for the whole world. Mary, being a nobody from nowhere. There's nothing special about Mary. We talked about this last week. The favor of God choosing Mary had everything to do with 
about God being, being kind and gracious and not about Mary having anything that would draw God to her. It's the nature of grace. We don't deserve it. That God looked upon her in a town called Nazareth. And, and, and as in the scriptures, as others would note, is anything good come from Nazareth? It's kind of like anything good come from Worthington? Is that too close to home? I mean, you'll come to love us. You'll come to love us. We have a self-deprecating, right? Mindset there. She's a teenage girl. Poor, lowly, poor. I mean, Mary knew poverty. Not like you and I know poverty. Like literally going without meals. Not having access, not having systems of, uh, of welfare to help support those in need. Real poverty. Mary is realizing God has looked upon her. God has seen her. God is raising her up. She says... From now on, all generations will call me blessed. Not worship her. Let's be clear about that, because that's not what's supposed to happen. But she's blessed. This nobody, no-name girl, poor. On the other side of the tracks. Blessed. The Lord has reversed her situation. The Lord has seen her. I know many of you have stories in your own life where you've encountered the Lord seeing you. We're seeing you in your darkness, in your isolation, in your poverty, in your lowliness, in your being excluded and outsider, in your brokenness, your sin and your poor decisions, your mistakes. Seeing you, you're being abused, or put down or bullied. There's stories, many stories. The Lord sees you and your need to not be seen. Because you just can't get away from anybody and you live in a fishbowl and everybody's watching and, and you need to just you be known that you need privacy. Even. Remember, always for, remember this, it was Christmas time or growing up and my dad had lost his job at the university and, and in Kearney, Nebraska and and uh, it was going on, you know, several years, and we were struggling financially significantly. We didn't know it as kids, but my parents were on the verge of filing bankruptcy, and 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 there, you know, food food was difficult, and the bills, and I mean, everything was difficult, and uh, let alone, you know, the, the niceties, the extras like Christmas presents and things like that. And I just remember in that Christmas, 
the church. We've got to ring, ring at the doorbell. You know, like financially, when you've gone through financial difficulty or any kind of stressful times, like the stress kind of gets into the home, right? Like conflict starts to brew up. You know, my, my, my dad was, was on it. He wasn't able to provide. He wasn't able to get a job. He wasn't able to... He, there's a sense of kind of failure. And that stress comes out and things are just... I mean, things are a lot... There's a lot of struggles in the home. And just remember getting a ring on the, the, the doorbell ringing and, and, and there was one of the deacons at the church there and yes, they come in and he was carrying a bag and, and he brought a bag of groceries in and then another person came in and another and another and another and another and another. There were like 11 bags of groceries that came in for us. There was a, a family at our church as well at that time that the teenage boys in that family had expressed to their parents that they wanted to buy us Christmas gifts. These were like 16-year-old, 18-year-old boys. And, um, and it was on their heart. They asked their parents, we want to buy, we want to buy the Barber kids some Christmas gifts. And um, it was later on, ring at the doorbell and they show up unexpectedly and and they put in gifts when you've been seen when you, you you have those moments of god breaking in god breaking in and showing you i see you i i see the struggle and i'm working I'm going to lift you up. I hear your pain. You're not alone. I love you. I'm going to make things right. Mary's Mary's song, as she sings, is not just for herself. She says his mercy is for those who fear him from every generation. Is it God's mercy? His justice towards us is merciful. We we don't we don't always deserve this. God desires to communicate. He's working for us. The ultimate act of that mercy, though, is through Jesus coming in, in, into our place because he doesn't always change our situation in this life completely. He came to change the situation eternally because this this world is corrupted and it will continue to be. But he came to start in our hearts and in order to, he's preparing a place where this will be complete and fulfilled. Mary goes on to describe Jesus's that God's universal justice, not just for her, not just the honor that she would become the mother of the Savior of all the world, 
But she goes on in verses 51 through 55. He has shown his strength with his arm. He's scattered the proud thoughts. He's, he, he's brought down the mighty from their thrones. He's exalted the, those of a humble estate. He's filled the hungry with good things and the rich he sent away. Mary sings of this, this reversal, this reversal of things where in this life right now there's injustice and abuses of power and we see people in corruption uh, thriving and, 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 and we see suppression and oppression and, 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 and we continue to see life <coughs> subdued and, and devalued and dehumanized All around, you know, the crisis center expressed that they expect as a result of the COVID quarantines, sexual abuse cases will double or triple in their reports. The darkness is going to persist. It's real. And yet God has broken into this darkness. He's broken in. But it may feel like, it may seem like, well, if Jesus has come, if he really does accomplish this, if he, he's shown his strength, he brings down the, the mighty, how is that at work right now? We're trying to reconcile, like, wait a second. Even when Mary was singing this, she sings this. If you notice, the verb tense is past tense. She sings in such a way, it's already happened. She's declaring something, worshiping God as if it's already done really interesting her singing is 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 that of a uh, an expression of of hope of what jesus his coming was the beginning it was the starting and what he has done what he has done he's done for eternity he's starting here and now in our hearts he's starting in those who would receive him those who will turn and receive him to be king in their hearts. He's starting that work now so we can be a foretaste. Because it will never fully be fulfilled here and now. And as long as we expect justice and peace completely here and now, we will never be satisfied. And we will then turn to our own terms for that. Mary knew that this was, if you will, a great awakening. This was the beginning. That this, this hope is a future hope. That will ultimately be fulfilled with a final judgment where all things will be made right. And in a new creation where there will be no more evil. And no death and dying or disease. And no more tears. Because it's the, that ultimate justice that our hearts long for us will, can never be satisfied now. But as we receive the king, we can be a foretaste. We can be part of his work. 
and liberating hearts now. You see, this is always the nature of the kingdom. What we call the upside down kingdom. Jesus in his ministry explains all all these counterintuitive concepts of the first will be last. And the last will be first. Love your enemy. Bless those who hate you. Bless and do not curse. If someone hits you, turn the other cheek. Someone asks for your cloak, give him your tunic too. These things don't make sense. They don't make sense. Whatever you did to the least of these, you did to me. Blessed are the meek. What? It's the very nature of the inbreaking kingdom through Jesus. This is upside down and in and, and, and the inbreaking of the kingdom, while it will not fully be established here, it, it, it begins in our hearts of us lowering ourselves like Jesus. Jesus gives the account in Luke later on. Throughout the Gospels, you see Jesus explaining this characteristic of the kingdom, this, 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 this transformation he's wanting to work in us. He tells of a parable, Luke 18. And he's specifically speaking to people who were trusting in themselves, that they were righteous though they treated others with contempt. They, they had this sense of pride, and so they were looking down on others. So this sense of power over because of their sense of morality. And he still talks about two men who went into the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. And the Pharisee stands by himself and he's chest held high and, and, and prays to God, I thank you that I'm not like others, extortioners, unjust people, adulterers, or even like this tax collector here. I fast twice a week and I give my tithes of all that I get. The tax collector, standing far off, not, 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 not feeling worthy to come near to, to, to the altar, wouldn't even lift his eyes to heaven, but beats his breast saying, God have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus says, I tell you, the man, this tax collector, went down justified rather than the Pharisee. Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. This is the upside down kingdom. Jesus himself, as he's approached by his disciples, Actually, by the disciples tell the mother, Mark and John, uh, um, James and John tell their mother to go talk to Jesus and say, hey, can I sit on your right or your left? Jesus sees through their plan and looks at them and, and, and explains to them that that's not for him to decide. And 
They're wanting power. And the other disciples find out, well, oh, man, they, had a, they got to that first. And they asked about sit next to Jesus in the kingdom. And, and, and then they start fighting over each other. And I like to call the disciples the 12 stooges. Because we're not like them, right? We're so much better than they are. And they're fighting over who is better and, and, and uh, 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 greater and a better leader. And, and they're going after each other. And Jesus, he's already been with them for three years. And they're still dealing with pride and selfishness and competition and trying to, again, elevate themselves over others. And, and Jesus explains that. In, uh, in the world that we live in, those who have power use it to abuse others. Use it to lord it over others. To be dominant. To lift themselves up at the expense of others. That, that, that's the nature of this world, but that's not the nature of the kingdom. I didn't come to be served, but to serve. And to give my life as a ransom. This is the nature of the kingdom because the nature of the king is the one with all the power and every right to judge us. And he comes and satisfies the justice of God with himself. His justice is mercy to us. He comes to serve where he had every right to crush us. He lifts us up. He wants to change us. He draws near to us. The only possibility of justice in this world is from a God who satisfies it himself. From a God who's merciful. A God who's consistent and objective unbiased all our attempts will turn into retaliation vengeance it will only create more problems we want to seek to change power structures but our means are only contributing to the problems and the only possibility for peace and justice in this life is Jesus Christ Mary realizes this, understands this as profoundly as the 16-year-old girl, trailer trash girl, seen by God, lifted up, honored, and knows that this is for all people. And it begins in our hearts. We can't be lifted up unless, friends, first we recognize we need it. This work of the justice of God, it's got to start with us. It's got to start in our hearts. Knowing that we our justice that we deserve is, is hell. If God is truly just. That we need his forgiveness. We need him to change us. If we're going to be part of the solution. If we're going to be part of the foretaste of something greater. And making any difference in this world. We need to let the justice of God begin to work in us. So we are humbled ourselves. So as a result. 
we cry out in worship like Mary. If we're going to make a difference, it's going to start with us worshiping the king. If we're going to see the lowly lifted up, it's because we lift up the king in order that as he lifts us up, we will lift up others. This seems like a little bit counterintuitive itself. What does worship have to do with justice? Worship has everything to do with justice because it has everything to do with establishing the right judge. The right one who, who, who has the ability and power and authority to accomplish this. To lift them up, to give him authority in our life. To guide and direct us, to give him power in our life, to live through us. Mary turns in worship, my soul magnifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Mary worships here with hope, not because she sees this fulfillment completely in her life, but that she wants the, the beginning of it to start in her. It's out of hope. Worship humbles us. Lifting up the Father, worship humbles us. Lifting up the Father, establishing Him as God and authority and power to live in us, not as me being God. Worship reminds us. We can't help but be reminded when we worship God, how we are ridiculously loved. And we don't deserve it. Worshiping God aligns our hearts with his and his ways in the world so that it causes us to live differently. You see, we have, if, if, if you're thinking worship is singing songs, friends, we miss the point. Worship is, an, is this attitude. Worship is a fundamental orientation of life. If we honor something and surrender to it. When you look at your time and your checkbook and your attention and your affections and your emo- what shapes your emotions, these are things that are shaped by things we worship, things that we're devoted to, things that we seek to honor and surrender to in our lives. And that isn't always God, is it? When we turn that to, to the, the, the one true king, when our hearts seek to be devoted to him, when our hearts seek to honor him, to be submitted to him, to, to acknowledge he is the one who has the power and the authority. Something happens in us. What you worship changes you. It doesn't matter what you worship. It's a truth. What you worship changes you for good or ill. If you're not changed By worshiping Jesus, by this attitude, affections, of a lifestyle that then is generated out of honor and surrender to Jesus. If if there's not change in you, friends, you're just singing songs here when you show up to church. You're going through the motions. You're just doing ritual. You're just playing church. You're not following Jesus. Worship changes you. we respond as we close things down here Mary receives God's
mercy to her. It's justice of lifting her up. Knowing Jesus, his kingdom will come to begin and beginning this inbreaking of justice. She responds with worship. Have you received God's mercy to you? Are you responding in worship? So one of the my favorite worship uh, Christmas songs. I'm gonna have the worship team come on forward here. One of my favorite hymns is "Oh Holy Night." Anybody else out there love "Oh Holy Night"? So good, right? So powerful. So I thought I would sing it for you. No, I'm joking. That high note. In verse 3, one of these powerful songs, in verse 3, captures the result of Jesus' breaking in. Jesus, King Jesus in our lives, is his accomplishing justice for us. Notice this. Truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Chains shall break, for the slave is our brother. And in his name all oppressions shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy in grateful chorus raise we. Let all within us praise his holy name. Christ is the Lord. Oh, praise his name forever. His power and glory evermore proclaim. Power and glory evermore proclaim. See how his mercy and his justice is combined naturally with worship. Let's not just sing it. Let's let it change us. Let's live it. Father God, we just ask that you would move in us, Lord, for our hearts to be softened. Lord, to, to, to see our need to be lowered, to see our, our, our grasping for autonomy personal freedom. Our grasping for power as human beings is the problem. Our need is to be under you. We need a king, but it can't be inside us. It must be from outside of us. We need a breaking in, Father. Rule us, Jesus. Let your justice reign in our hearts, Lord God, that it might be lived out in this life. Father, forgive us. I... I, I, Forgive us, God, that we, especially even in your church, have we've not just been, we've not been a foretaste, but we've been a bad taste. (coughs) We've been part of the problem in our grasping for power and part of oppression and slavery over centuries, Jesus. Forgive us, God. Collectively, individually, Lord, Father, we pray, work in us. Just as you spoke through Mary, God, that you work in our hearts and our lowliness, God, that we would seek Jesus, just as you've reached down to us, that we would reach others. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done in our hearts.
in your name.